So hello everyone, my name is Dr. Brittany Martin and I am the CEO of Doctoral Mom Incorporated. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And I'm gonna let our guest introduce herself. And if you could just tell us your, the program you're in, where you're currently located and how many children you have. Yes, so my name is Sherelle Singleton. I am in the a program at Western Michigan University. So I reside in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it's about 45 minutes away from Kalamazoo where Western is located. I am in the education leadership program with the focus of organization um, analysis. So I am almost done with my process. I am working currently working on my dissertation, um, working through my data right now and um, on track to graduate this December. I have three kids, ages are 10, five, and one. Oh, wow, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna ask you about that. So uh, tell us a little bit about your kids. Uh, so 10, five, and one, what are your kids' personalities like? Yeah, so <laughs> I, it's funny. I describe my kids as this, like the stages that I was in when I was pregnant. Um, so my oldest son, he's 10 and he is definitely my, um, go with the flow perfectionist kid doesn't want to make a mistake. Um, he is dedicated. He works so hard. He works hard to please us. He's like the perfect kid. Right. Um, but he's also my kid that I have to say like, it's okay to make a mistake. I'm still proud of you. I don't, he's so tough on himself, um, but never have an issue with him at all. Um, so at that point I described myself, that was me kind of like still worried about the world judging me. Um, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, not wanting to make a mistake, trying to be perfect. And then my daughter, uh, um, I was definitely coming out of that, <laughs> um, judgment zone. She is, she is me. She is the image of me. It is so funny. I look at her in the mirror and I'm just like, wow, this is truly my mini me. Um, she's on it. She is not afraid to try it. She's going to um, tell you what comes to mind. Like she can just process and conceptualize like on track, on point. She's um, fun, exciting, doesn't care to get in trouble. Um, so that whole little perfectionist and scared to try it, not her at all. So she's like opposite of him and she keeps him on his toes, but at the same line, uh, very sweet. Um, and my one year old, he is, he's my wild card. He, um, <laughs> he keeps us on our toes constantly. He runs the show for sure. He is my Sour Patch Kid. He will do something right in your face and turn around and give you the biggest hug and smile. Um, so he is all in this self-discovery stage of just kind of like, what is this? I'm going to touch it and I'm going to figure it out. But he has a great personality. He is super sweet. I'm laughing because I feel like you just described my three kids. Really? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so I have um, three year olds, twins, and a two year old. And uh, my oldest is a boy. Well, I always say the oldest, he's the oldest twin. Okay. And my daughter is the middle. She's just like me. Like, I can't, there's nothing she can do. And I could, like, get mad at it because I would have done the same thing. Yes. So I totally yes. get it. 
<laughs> I took her to a uh, like a drum circle uh, on Father's Day. It was like for a Juneteenth celebration too. And this girl just like ran on the stage and started playing the drums with the performers. And like she took the mic from from like an artist, and oh, I was just like, "Gosh, you gotta let her play!" Like, <laughs> I love it. Gotta be a part of the show. They had to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then my my uh my baby my youngest like he he's also my wild card I don't know what to expect out of him he's like the sweetest thing but he's a he's a charmer too so when when he's up to something he just starts singing like the ABCs so then I know uh-huh. I know to be on high alert from there he's just as soon as you start hearing ABC you're like what are you doing. <laughs> and let me give her something to make her proud of me. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a, a good distraction. Yeah. It's like, oh, but mm, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm uh I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh it's a, it's an interesting process. So you're at the you're at the end of your journey now and you just had your one year old. I had all three of mine during my doctorate degree. What was it like to be pregnant? and to get her classes done at the same time. Yeah. So you know what? Ironically enough, when I started my, when I interviewed for my program, my daughter, who is now five, she was four days old. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I started uh, my program with a baby, you know, an infant. Um, She was born in, so I interviewed in February and I began classes in May. So she was just, you know, a couple months old. Um, so it felt like I was in Carter. That's my youngest. He was, um, he was a surprise. Um, so I would never have put that in that plan, you know, to have one at the end of it, but it was interesting. You know, I'll be honest and transparent. When I first found out that I was pregnant, I instantly was like, oh my gosh, this is, is this going to, you know, deter me from my path, my plan? Like, what am I going to do? Um, I thought about my chair, like, oh, we're, we're so close. And here I am coming up pregnant. Like, so all those thoughts, you know, went through my mind. And I was just like, let's go, like, (laughs) gotta do it. Let's keep moving. So it was, cause I also, um, traveled, but I was, um, cause I commute back and forth. It wasn't as bad because I was towards the end. I might've been like in my last class. I think I was like in my doctoral seminar um, for that. So it wasn't as difficult. And then COVID hit, um, which was a, a blessing and beautiful for to be have just having a baby. And then, you know, at what point will you ever be able to stay at home with your baby, you know, for that entire time. But then it was a challenge because now I had to also transition to homeschooling still working, this baby. Um, So it it wasn't bad being pregnant um, with him. It definitely had its um, challenges. It's funny. My family has a joke because Carter does not sit down. He goes all day long. And so my dad will say, well, that was your pregnancy. I'm like you never sat down you did not stop and I'm like I guess that's true so it was just go 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 it it's hard when they do things like that and you're like why are you doing this and then you're like oh I do that 
Same thing. Okay. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it now. Go ahead and do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's really, uh, it's, it was really interesting. Uh, it's always interesting to me, a, a mom, but a mom who was pregnant, you were pregnant uh, really twice, I'm just call, call it because I mean, the baby was so young. Right. Basically, we had to go through uh, two new newborns twice during your program. And I think that's such a unique experience to have to hold a baby and a laptop and just get it done. Oh my God. So, how was it? Um, I always laugh because the classes, what were the deadline was like 11 59 p.m. Uh, did you have moments like that where, where, you know, you felt like, oh, man, I hit this deadline. Like, how did you balance it all? Yeah, um, I did not have the moments of the deadline only because my personality, I would never be able to do that. Um, so I'm always like the planner. I got to get it in like 1159 the day before, just in case anything happens. It's just, that's how I um, work. But it, I mean, it was tough, especially um, in the beginning, starting out because you have that pressure. Um, And I'll be completely, you know, transparent in how I really felt during those days. You know, you you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to be judged. Um, I dealt with imposter syndrome, Um, for sure. And then I also attend a PWI. And so it was not, I mean, it was, I think in my program, my cohort, when I entered, it was maybe four um, Blacks. And so it was very important that I did not stand out as the one always having an excuse or needing grace or a reason to turn my things in. So I put a lot of pressure on myself so there was days that um as soon as I put the kids to sleep I was still up working or I was trying to wake up bright and early in the morning at like four five in the morning um to get it done because at this time I was also still working full time Uh, so it was challenging in the beginning yeah I I wish that I had uh, met other moms sooner I so doctoral mom started in January 2019, and then I finished my program in February. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I said to myself, I said, oh, this would have been like great to have the entire time because I didn't, like you're saying, it wasn't a lot of, um, my school was unique and there were a ton of like people of color, but not necessarily women per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there weren't any, there was a mother in the beginning of my program that I connected with, but then we veered off into our separate disciplines, so I didn't see her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of felt alone in a way because I'm bringing feet and pass to class and snacks and putting my feet up in, cha- in chairs <laughs> and and like my male, uh, my male male counterparts are just kind of looking at me like, what, what's in the bag? <laughs> like, this is not for you. This, <laughs> I need this to survive. Um, and I, I just, I always wanted that kind of uh, connection with other people who like actually understood like what it was to be a mom and to do all this work. Do you, uh, do you feel like, uh, your family and friends got it when you very first enrolled in the program? No, not at all. Um, and I, some of that, I think, so 
you know, my family and friends were extremely supportive, right? And so, but with that, in terms of their support, their words was always, you can do it, you got this. Um, and of course, how can I help you and things? But at that time, you know, hearing that words, it was like, but I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Um, and so part of that was perhaps me not being able to articulate and really express how I was feeling at that time. Um, but I think it's one of those things, quite honestly, and I tell everyone, until you are, one, until you're a mother, you won't get it, you know, but um, especially you, there's no way to describe the doctoral experience. Um, so they just weren't able to get it. And so while I appreciate them for trying, my dear husband, he, he tried his hardest, you know, <laughs> to uh, get it. And it's just something that I don't think that they, um, they will be able to. So no, they did not get it for sure. How did you ask for support during this time? Yeah. Um, so I think in the beginning, the support looks like, you know, t uh, planning for uh, daycare, you know, while I had classes, I took a lot of evening classes, um, some weekend classes, but then also making arrangements so that I could um, study. So usually that's what my support looked like. There was also times I had to ask because when I started the program, um, my oldest, he was five. And so he, since he's, you know, he's always been very active. He does drums, swimming, and always had something going on. So sometimes I had to ask like my mom, um, can you go be there if I had class um, or to go up to the school to, you know, sit in something with him because I wanted to make sure that he had that support too. Well, I think that's outstanding. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and ask you a little bit more about your uh, your program. So what would you say is the most difficult part of the doctorate program itself? Let's see. I have, I have to mute myself. My, loud is, my laugh is incredibly loud. So I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I would say the cl classes were, were tough. Classes were challenging. Um, proposal, um, stretched me as well, but I think I was, I was well prepared. So if I had to select and pick, I think the most, the challenging part, um, I would say is the classes. Not necessarily. And let me explain that, what I mean by that. Um, not necessarily for the content of it or not being able to manage and keep up but for the demand, you know, the rigor, everything that comes with the courses, it just adds so much more to your schedule. And then also, I think that that part, one thing that I'll say, and I, um, everything that we do, it's, it's all mental, right? And so it wears on you. Um, am I doing this right? Having questions. And I think that that perhaps is like the largest part that I would say is the hazing process, so to speak, during the doctoral experience. Um, because towards the end, perhaps you find that confidence and that assurance of, I got this dissertation. It's kind of like, this is what I came here for. Um, I can finally express it. And, you know, the end of it, chapters four and five, is kind of like that fresh air, like, 
yes. <laughs> so I would say the courses. Yeah, I I would say for me it was a balance of both. I I did I I would say my very first class was my challenge. Mm-hmm. I um my first assignment that I and I've told the story a lot on this podcast, mm-hmm. but my very first assignment uh, I got a C, and I was just like, "What's going on here? Like, I'm an A student. Like, what is happening with this?" <laughs> and I, it was. But the first, the very first assignment I had was a literature review because they wanted to prep us for the dissertation process. And I said, "Well, what? You know, I wrote an essay. You know, I didn't write a literature review." Right. And I was kind of crushed. I was like, "Well, what are we gonna do about this?" Yeah. And I. <laughs> And I think, uh, I think, I think uh, a lot of people, they have a concept of what the doctorate is or what the research may be, but until you get in there and they guide you, um, it is, uh, it's definitely kind of a shock, especially to a higher achiever. Yes, I agree. I had that same um, experience and I remember I, I mean, it, for probably, I remember the whole weekend. I'll never forget this weekend. Um, I was devastated receiving that grade and the thoughts of everything that was going through my mind of everything that I was sacrificing. And I'm like, and this is the type of grades you're here to get. Um, so yes, I remember <laughs> um, getting that. And then I realized like, you know, now I can look back and was like, I needed those grades to be able to, you know, if I was going in, walking in to get those A's, why was I there? So. That's true. That's true. And it it was, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of a a great thing that happened because now you're like, okay, now I get the difference between like the masters and this. Like I see it now. Exactly. But I think, I think that shock, that initial shock is like super important because then it, it motivates you once you get past that initial feeling. So. I'm proud that you persisted because I know for a lot of people the, the imposter system kicks in from that first assignment. Like, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. We actually just did a a webinar with Dr. Simone Mays. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but um, he did a webinar for us, dropout, um, dropout to doctor, and he talked about not being in school for like 10 years. And then he had like six or seven books he had to carry around and he wanted to drop off after he purchased the book because he, he saw a friend and said, um, I haven't read books like this in years. I don't think I could do this. I need to go get a refund on all these books. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just like those little things right at the very beginning that if you could get through, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely make like a huge difference. So, I agree. I congratulations. Agree. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're almost done. So that's perfect. That's so what do you, uh, what are you going to do next? Like what's, what's career wise for you? I'm curious about that. Yeah. You know what? I hate to say this out loud. Um, I don't know. Um, so of course I say, I don't That's know. That's my favorite answer. That is my favorite. I was a career coach for 10 years. That is the best answer. I love that answer, but that I'm is funny. my line of work is I'm a vocational counselor, but also basically, uh, like a career coach as well. Um, and so my initial plan when I started the program was to go back in, um, professor, you know, going to um, higher ed. That's what I wanted to do. Um, So I could be a part of the change as we're putting it out into the field and add to the research. And so 
all of those things. And so now it's kind of like um, with my uh, research and everything that I've discovered about myself since been in the program, um, I don't know if I want to go now to the more or less the administrative side and working with programming um, and higher ed. But then also since starting the program, I did resign from my full-time employment. And with that, I started my own um, business. And so mm -hmm. taking that business to the next level, because I've also had to keep it um, kind of at a certain place in order to be able to maintain and manage it while also going to school. So I don't know if I want to now just fully develop that or do both. So I'm at that space now where I'm kind of like, I don't know, but I am, you know, I do look at different job leads in higher ed. So I'll probably always be drawn to higher ed and do something in that capacity. Um, but I also enjoy the entrepreneur route. So I'm still figuring it out. You have the spirit. So <laughs> I, I could share I could share a little bit uh, about uh, like my transition. So I worked I worked full time during my programs too, and um, after I finished the program, I, I ended up having like three jobs somehow. I don't know <laughs> what got what got, but that's the entrepreneurial spirit too, right? So I worked I worked full time at a nonprofit, and then I that's um, how I became a professor, and then I wrote resumes too. I still did like career coaching somehow. I don't know what got into me. But then on top of that, I started doctoral mom and then I had a webinar company. <laughs> and I'm just, because when you're a mom, when you're used to being in a doctoral program and being a mom and working, I'm like, well, now I don't have anything to do. I'm done with school. I got to go. I got to get like five more jobs to fill that space. I'm worried yeah. about that. That I am so worried that I'm going to have so much free time that I'm just going to start filling it up. And I keep telling myself, be conscious of that. Don't do that. Allow yourself to have some free time. But COVID in a way was a, a blessing for a lot of people because when COVID hit, I started evaluating what was most important to me. Now I don't work full, now I don't work like a corporate job full time. Now I have two businesses you know, mm -hmm. full time. So I do that full time. That's my focus and I'm still a professor, but my business is doctoral mom and the, the webinar company. Those are my uh, motivators now um, mm -hmm. for my family. So you'll figure it out. You might go crazy at first. It'll, <laughs> it'll work out and that's okay too. So I encourage you to just explore everything. There's no reason to limit what you want to do. Right, so. right. Yep, I received that. Okay, so we uh, we went through motherhood, went through your, uh, your program and your career. And I'm just, I want to kind of end things by asking you, what advice would you have for a new mom? I think the advice that I would, there's so much, honestly. Um, <laughs> so for a new mom, I would say, you know, be patient with yourself, you know, have grace, allow yourself to discover what's going to work for you and the baby. Um, and it's okay to, slow down. It's okay to rest. Um, you don't have to figure it all out in one day. And so also at, be transparent, you know, be honest. If you have to do that 1159 deadline, if you have to ask for grace because you're going to be a couple days late, um, that's okay. For me, I will also say advice is um, these are just moments 
um, they go, we're going to look back and it went so fast. Right. Um, so, but still make sure that you enjoy those moments, um, with your kids taking advantage of that. I think sometimes we can get so engulfed, um, in the process and what's expected of us as doctoral students and realizing if I could just get to graduation, I'm going to have more time with them. Um, but graduation will come, um, progress is progress. Uh, your your graduation date is your graduation date. Nobody says it has to be done in two years, three years, or five years, however long it takes, but enjoy each moment and um, bring your kids to be a part of the process. Help them understand what you're doing. Um, I think that that also lessens the guilt when the kids understand it. Well, I think that's the perfect way to end things. That's the most outstanding advice I've heard. So I'll have to... Um... I'll have to just take that and just like replay it and quote you like multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> that was outstanding. Um, so was there anything else you wanted to share with people about yourself or about anything uh, with respect to your career or anything? What's your dissertation topic, by the way? I don't know if I asked you that. That's the most <laughs> one of the most important things, so that we can find your research later. Absolutely. So, um, my, I, I'll lead into that. So, if I can give background on who I am. So, um, my background is I am a vocational rehabilitation counselor, and so with that, a vocational rehab counselor works with individuals with disabilities um, to maintain and obtain gainful employment. And so within that, I have discovered that one of my passions is working with transition youth, um, but then also working with um, people of color. Because when we think about it, people of color that also have a disability, um, they, are, they are duly oppressed, right? So they have um, two things uh, working against them. And so, so oftentimes in the field of voc, voc rehab, we solely look at the disability. Um, but then we also have to consider those um, things for race as well, um, the accounts of race too. So my topic is actually exploring the perspective of vocational rehabilitation counselors that serve um, culturally diverse clients. Um, my research has been, so like I said, I am, I just wrapped up my interviews and so I'm right now going through all of analyzing my data and it has been mind blowing. Um, it has been so interesting, so fun. The discoveries are just like, wow, I never thought my dissertation was going to lead me here. So this process has been, I, I'm loving it. It's kind of like, I have those moments like, this is why I'm here. Um, so th yeah, that's my topic. Um, but I will say one of the, if you, you asked me if there was anything that I wanted to add, um, I tell people when I describe my experience for the doctoral, my doctoral experience and program, I came here for a degree. And I will say within that, the best thing that I'm taking away, I discovered me. This um, process program stretch me in ways I have never been stretched. And so I think that it makes you become so vulnerable as you're becoming stretched because you're trying to figure out like what is happening. You know, going back to that first time with receiving that bad grade, right? That's a vulnerable moment of like me, how, you know, how does this happen to me? I work so hard. No, I'm a good writer. Um, but in those vulnerable moments, those are those moments that you discover the most about yourself. 
Um, and so I became confident in being able to ask the questions. Um, and where at first I was so nervous to do it because I didn't want to be judged, right? And it was just like, well, if I'm going to be successful, I got to get the information that I need. And it really placed me um, like, and it's just this vulnerable state, but going into that vulnerable state was when I had to do the most discovery. So it's kind of like to do it all over again and to come out knowing um, exactly who I am, what my needs and how I add, what my purpose is, um, it, it was well worth it.